1: Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining us here on another great episode of the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, your host, Damian Mason. But you already knew that you heard that in the introduction. I'm sitting here with two great people who are going to give you lessons about business, small business, starting a business after being an employee and working together in small business as a family. I'm sitting with Kyle Stoffel. He is the owner and president of Underwriters Alliance of Indiana and his daughter, Esty. She's been with the company for five years. You know, a lot of small businesses have this issue of do you employ your family? Do you not employ your family? Do you do business with your family, we've always heard advice about that, we're going to get some of that today. We're also talking about the whole mindset of going from being an employee to being an employer and also the steps along the road to become a successful business. You know, it's not, all, it's not all roses and golden brick roads and all that kind of stuff, as you know if you've been listening to this uh, podcast. So, uh, once again, i remind you that uh, the Do Business Better podcast, and I'm saying once again because if you listened to the last episode, you know this, this is not just an audio where you get your audios from. If you listen to podcasts on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, that's fantastic. Please hit subscribe, but I also would encourage you to go on YouTube to the Damian Mason channel. That's right. Just go on YouTube and type in Damian Mason and hit subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. You'll get great episodes like this. You can also check out my other commentary, my uh, Business of Agriculture podcast, and other fun stuff. If you're really bored, you can even go and find some of my old Bill Clinton footage for crying (laughs) out loud. Which is
2: fabulous, by the way.
1: All right. So we're talking to (laughs) Kyle Stoffel. You're the owner of Underwriters Alliance of Indiana. What do you do?
2: Well, what our company does is is we assist uh, uh, people that have an idea that they might want to be in business for themselves. So we take insurance agents that usually have some experience. They might be working for somebody else. Uh, and then we help them start their own insurance agency. Okay, so I'm
1: uh, I'm a aspiring young person. I, uh, I got my job working it for an insurance agency, and I'm saying that maybe I could do this on my own, and I want to do that. And I say, how do I go about doing that? And you make that happen.
2: Yep, we go through a bunch of different steps to do that. Part of the problem in our industry has always been that an insurance company or somebody that you want to sell for, might not have as much of an interest in appointing you out of a startup agency, and we we kind of take care of that hurdle. So we we manage that relationship with the insurance companies. So we're in the distribution business more than the insurance business. Mm-hmm. We help them distribute their products to the agents that do want to start their own agencies or smaller. And you agencies little,
1: and you leave it a certain amount of risk for a larger company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the companies you work with on the big side that
2: you're distributing their stuff for are? it would be Travelers, Liberty, Safeco, Grange, State Auto, Nationwide, all, all, the, all the big names. All the that we see yep. on TV commercials. Okay. Yep. And then yep.
1: the people that you work for that you help get going, then how do you make money off of them?
2: Well, we're in a position where and it's it's a little bit different where uh, because of that, that startup, we might take a little small piece of the um, of the commission, which is still more than they are capable of gaining on their own because we've got relationships with carriers. We control about eight billion dollars worth of premium, which is bigger than a lot of insurance companies. Uh, and that's across the United States. We have 6,000 members. It's 5,000. I think now, isn't it? I but it's uh, it's it's 5,000 members across the country. We just have our own area, which is Indiana, northern part of Indiana, northern two-thirds of Indiana. But you do eight billion dollars
1: worth of premium but in that area. Yes. Okay. And so you make money by uh, helping these other companies then get going. But also then you're uh, sitting them on a on a selling the insurance product. To yes. Like me. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. So. Esti, your role here, and then we'll go back to how this whole thing started. All right. Your role.
0: I am a marketing specialist and recruiter here at UAII.
1: Explain what that means, because remember, it's one thing to give a title, what do (laughs) you do that adds value?
0: So I'm basically a bird dog. I go out and I knock on the doors of these insurance agencies and figure out whether or not we might be a fit to either help them start their own independent agency or possibly just enhance the one that they already own. And have built.
1: Okay, so you're going to an insurance agency and saying, uh, hey, you're XYZ Insurance Agency here in this small town in, uh, in the Midwest and we can help you because we can do what?
0: We can create extra bonus dollars just because of our size and clout. We can assist with programs, market access, just like a ton of different things, some extra training.
1: This is the kind of stuff that they aren't doing right now because they don't quite have enough market size?
0: Yeah. So some carriers want a certain amount of volume requirement. I see. Yep. So it's harder to get appointed with some carriers until you have that volume. But how are you supposed to gain the volume without the appointment? We help. We're kind of the middleman.
1: Insurance is generally kind of something that most entrepreneurs small biz people look at as a necessary evil You got to have it so you don't lose your shorts You got to do it because if your are uh, if your tractor bounces off the trailer for your uh, Landscaping company and kill somebody on the interstate whatever um, you are in an insurance business but you're also entrepreneurial so as a person like me i look at insurance as oh my god yes it's something i have to spend twelve thousand dollars a year on or fifty thousand or whatever that number should be but you're kind of entrepreneurial tell me about the difference so you look at insurance as differently than i look at it
2: yeah i think um you know i i've Started out as an insurance agent and then through that I had more of a maybe a business mind uh, Than than just an insurance sales guy. So I was always looking at what's the opportunity look like uh, What can we do different what what opportunities are there out there? I uh, that can enhance so the insurance business just happened to be what i knew so therefore i thought a lot about it and understood then what the business side of that looked like
1: people always like the whole how does thing come together story so you are 61 years old two years old right yep all right so give it to me from the background So I started 18 years. You're 18 years old. You probably had a job in high school doing something. Yep. I mean, a little entrepreneur, small biz ownership
2: mindset. Go back to your teenage years. All right. My dad was he was a painting contractor and then owned a decorating store. Mm -hmm. And so we sat through that. But we sat through that through the the Jimmy Carter days when, you know, the inflation hit. The world kind of ended and um, uh, business took a hit. So had a brother in the business, too. My dad was talking to his insurance agent, and the insurance agent said, hey, if Kyle's looking for something different to do, um, I, I think he can sell. So that's how I got in the life insurance business at 21. And uh, didn't have, know anything about it, didn't care to know anything about it. Uh, but I did it. It was a start. And then through that, saw a lot of different opportunities from a business standpoint of what that could look like.
1: All right. so. The guy said, it looks like you understand how to work because you've been working in the family business. And then you also said, "Um, uh, yeah, I can sell. So there you are. You're 21. They probably taught you a rudimentary amount about insurance. Hey, here's what this is. This is a slip and fall or this is a liability. This is a whatever. And then you went out and started Making fun. So I
2: started in the life insurance business, which <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna sell anything, that's probably the worst one you can sell because most of the time people say no, thank you. Right. Yeah. It's Like it's worse than encyclopedia sales. Yep, right. It
1: was. Yeah. Okay. So you're a life insurance salesperson. Then what? Then what? Then what?
2: Well, it went from that to uh, because of the contacts. Again, you know, as a, as a young guy that likes to sell, mm-hmm. um, you're un, unaffordable, You know, in in kind of in a way, um, uh, you're – Hirable while just use that term. So people are out there trying to talk into doing things Uh, So I worked for a managing general agency that sold blue cross blue shield insurance to agents So and there's a that'll set up this whole story as things go along okay So you're you're, you went from
1: that and then you're 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 in the thing of saying we're selling insurance
2: stuff to insurance people Most people don't understand that real quick. What's that mean? yeah so so again, an insurance agency might not have access to certain insurance companies uh-huh. uh, and we did have access to those companies, so we set in the middle it's uh it's in a way insurance has always been a little bit of a pyramid. You know, there's hierarchy on how you get paid. Are you allowed so, to say that your own business is a pyramid? I mean, usually I'm it's, thinking, it's, I'm thinking Bernie Madoff here. Yeah, it's it's yeah, that's a pyramid scheme. Okay. This is this, this is just a hierarchy of pay. How's that? Okay. So it's uh, not a scheme. It's, it's a tier. It's, it's, it's not a it's not a tiering. It's not a criminal yeah. scheme. Right? <laughs> All right. So
1: you did that, and then tell me about the big break when you said I'm going to be my Kyle Stoffel is going to be his own business person.
2: Well, I actually, I went to uh, to work for an, a, a little bigger property casualty agency in Marion, Indiana. And from there became sales manager. And then you just become a partner in an agency. It's like a law firm, right? You don't really say, Hey, I'm going to start a business. It's just that because you're building a business inside their business, you become a partner. Right. So, so that's how that worked. And uh, then from there, what happened is, is that I was asking the insurance business side of things like why, why do you do it this way? And they said, well, because the insurance companies don't want you to sit in the middle of us. On. And at the same time, that was ha- I was having that conversation. We got a call from someone, a, a company called SIAA, Strategic Independent Agents Alliance, and said, would you have an interest in going out and calling on agencies? And here's what this looks like. And, they, well, I had that interest because I've already done it. Yep. Um, so we explored it did it and I ended up the you know the majority owner of that new company uh, so this was probably about 10 years ago. And
1: that's what this is now. Yeah. All right. So you started this new thing about 10 years ago, or essentially it was sort of a, a melding of what you were already doing. And then how was it with the other situation? Did you walk from that? Are you
2: still an owner of that? Yeah, no, did it, you merge the two? Yeah. At that at that particular time, because there were partners in, in both agencies, uh, it made sense for me to sell my interest in the other company. I did that about five years ago and focused solely on Underwriters Alliance of Indiana. Got it.
1: All right, so then you said, I've started this new thing, and it's taking off, and uh, I'm all in. Then you said, i got to bring in some employees. You brought in your kids, brought in your friends. (laughs) Give it to me from your perspective. (laughs) All right.
0: So i remember having a conversation with my dad i was probably a junior in college and i'm like i don't really know what i want to do when i'm done mm-hmm. and it had never occurred to me that i might try this out <laughs> it was never something that had even crossed my mind you because be in the
1: family biz, right yeah
0: i was a marketing major and i'm like i do not i don't really want to sell insurance at that point that's what i thought it was and so he said well how about you know let's just see how the next year goes see how your classes go your senior year and what you're interested in so I graduated and he's like, let's give it a year. Uh Let's just see how it works. If it doesn't work for me, if it doesn't work for you, we'll have that conversation in a year. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed going out and talking to people, learning about their businesses, their situation, how we might be able to help. So it's been good so far.
1: All right, so um, talk about this is the more important part here, Kyle, um, and we'll talk about working with family a little bit later on. But the thing here that we got to talk about because the people that listen to this, they might be, they might own four burger franchises, they might have a dry cleaners, they might be, you know, self-employed, they might be gig workers, they might just be dreaming of the day they can. Um, I tell everybody, you know, there's a lot of struggles that go along with this. There's some sleepless nights. There's uh, getting all the ducks in a row. You were a money guy. You were a business guy. But starting off on your own own, which was a bit of, I get it, was a bit of a transition. It was a more of a merging off-ramp than it was a, like me, I quit corporate America and was like, son of a bitch, here I am. I got to go and I got to pound a dollar out of this coconut and, and see how it works. Uh, big, because you were about 50 years old, late 40s, early 50 years old. What was the first thing that struck you that you didn't quite think you're going to into?
2: Yeah, I th- I think um I, I think part of that is is the you know the risk, the risk of owning your own business because you you sit around and you think things look good, you might even look at a balance sheet and a, and a P&L statement and go, "Man, that looks good." But you don't really know what's hiding in there. And uh, so it's things that you uncover as you go along and luckily I was good with numbers. So for me that was um an easy lesson to learn but we know a lot of people that you know bought something or started something with no idea what the numbers were going to look like we well, were raised so. by
1: people that had their own business so that's always a bit more eye-opening the person that uh, you know i use the example in my book which by the way dear listener and viewer if you
2: haven't <laughs> if you haven't
1: uh, you're saying wait a minute when's he gonna plug the book do business better do business better my book which is specifically written for entrepreneurs small business self-employed gig workers folks that aspire to own their own business we talk about it and so it was one of my questions because Kyle was nervous, and he said, "Hey, man, I'm not like a showbiz person. You're going to, have to give me some <laughs> questions at that time." So one of my stock questions, um, you know, if you were a small biz person, in my book, I talked about an entrepreneur class was being taught by a woman who was a school teacher, career school teacher, who uh, was raised by two school teachers. No offense, but she probably doesn't know a lot about being an entrepreneur because they were government employees that had, did not own their own small business. You worked growing up for your dad that had a small biz. You were around it. But there's still a few things when it's your ass on the line, <laughs> when it's you that says, "I got this." How much debt again? And what's my revenue look like next month? My revenue picture is nowhere close to my expenditure picture. Son of a bitch. Um, that that didn't bother you or it did bother you?
2: Yeah, I think it uh, it bothered me probably quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know how it wouldn't, and so therefore, kind of really spent a lot of time trying to figure out what's this mean. Uh, What are we going to do about that? Because I don't like being bothered by that. So, deep dive into the numbers if you're going to start a business we do this with agents now our biggest start on that is is a deep dive into the numbers what can you do say what's your
1: revenue yeah. picture what's well, your expenditure yeah. Yeah, right what's in? your
2: home what's your home balance sheet look like what's your L statement from your your yeah. personal budget look like because yeah. you're going to be tapping into that oh wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute you mean that that when people like
1: to say well that's just your business that's not your home it's like well for a bunch of us out here it's all in oh it's- uh, there's, there's, <laughs> I, I've never at once had somebody give me a loan and say well this is just on the business side of damien mason personally you're fine because it's all seems to be i'm all in i'm all in all the time i find it funny when people like if i do this i'm gonna be all in i'm like i've kind of been there for
2: 27
1: years (laughs) let me know how you can do it without being all in all right risk (laughs) tolerance you talked about that's one of your things so i always say the four traits in my book i talk about four traits risk tolerance drive resilience vision i think you need all four of them at least in a certain capacity to be successful run it piloting your own ship which one is your strength
2: yeah i think that the the vision part of of it is because it's a it's again it's based on i i look at numbers like it's a road map you know and so the vision of the of the business might be this is what you're going to sell well you got to analyze what the hell does that mean you know what are we yeah. going to have to hire what are our expenditures going to be on that so the vision of what we were going to do i think is a lot more math related than people think yeah um and so that one is the most important to me. It's also my strength.
1: Yeah, well, vision is, and I think it's about looking at the numbers, but it's also about what you've got to build to get those yep. numbers. So yep. it's sort of they walk down the same aisle yep. hand in hand. All right, Esty, you're only a young woman that's been in this bracket for t- five years. So you're 27 or 8 years old, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. All right. Those four things I just said, and I know you haven't read my book, but you're going to. <laughs> your, your old man has, but you have not. Risk, tolerance, drive that's your ambition resilience that's your get off the carpet if you've been knocked on your ass factor (laughs) vision that's looking out where things are going to be the next five to ten to fifty years which one of those is one that you think is your strength
0: i'd have to say the drive to succeed um i played college volleyball so i always kind of had something that really made me want to win (laughs) and so a lot of it is and then you know the resilience part that's not probably one of my strengths. You know, in the sales world, you have to get up after they say no, not interested, right. and move on. Um, so I'm working through that one, but I would definitely say that the drive to make them see, you know, what we do as a business is huge for me.
1: Yeah. Now I'd say that uh, personally, my wife would say when she met me, it was probably drive and ambition, but now I'm in my 50s. I'm not quite as ambitious as I <laughs> used to be because I've been working since I was eight. Uh, so I'd say it's resilience. I just refuse to go away. That's uh, you know I was in show business, which is a very very difficult business, uh, and almost nobody makes it. And I, you know, comedy, everybody tries open mic. Not, not people that want to do it. And I said, I'm not going away. I'm not. Uh, I know I'm funny, and by God, I'm going to make this work. <laughs> and so I just uh, kept hammering it. So I'd say mine is more the resilience factor. All right, talking about other things, we'll keep it on Esty for the fun of it. Oh, okay. Also, in my book I talk about the five P's of managing your business personality. You know, there's the four P's of marketing and all that. I come with the five P's of your business personality I think they are product are you a product person are you a people person are you a process person are you a promotion person or a profit person your money mind your 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 marketing savvy your process how stuff gets done which is boring as shit to me uh, you're uh, managing people which i'm not good at because i tend to not have as my wife says you tend to not have good bedside manner not good kid gloves and Uh-oh. then there's the there's the product the product side that people that just boil down on well here's the insurance product that's amazing which one of those five p's do you think is you i know which one i think it is
0: i'd have to go well that was the fourth one that you mentioned the marketing side of it but yeah the yeah, promotion much. part um that's just kind of my passion i'd love
1: to you're pretty good with people too so i'd say you're probably more tolerant of people than me and so you're <laughs> probably okay with that so uh you'd say promotion and people yeah i'd say people you'd say promotion kyle product process promotion people profitability which
2: thing yeah profitability is probably my uh, you like my the, numbers. Yeah, well, about the yeah, numbers it's just it's just because it, it drives everything below you yeah. processes we hire you know, people that are really good at that. And if you went around here, we'd probably have those five covered, yep. Um, which we're fortunate enough that we can afford to do that. If you're just starting a business that maybe you want to know how to do all five P's. <laughs> but nobody but, can. Nobody yeah. can.
1: They told me starting out when I was oh, I was an aspiring comedian some 27 or so years ago. I went to lunch with a guy that uh, had enough success. He was professional. Uh he, You know, he's full time. He wasn't. Seinfeld but almost nobody is right (laughs) Um, and he said are you a great writer or are you a great uh, presenter I said "Well." he says there's people that are really good writers of comedy and really good deliverers of comedy nobody's both and I said oh and it dawned on me that I was an average writer and probably just a little above average presenter. But, uh, you know, one one definitely better than the other sense of timing. So it became very evident to me that I need help with writing because I used to have to write material every week as a political comedian. So I sought help on the, the, the weakness. And with your company here, you've got somebody that is all about the process and you don't give
2: two hoots in hell. You'd rather sell and look at the numbers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Somehow that's I knew it. that about you. Yep. So that's it. Yeah. And uh luckily luckily you can find good people to do that. Uh, and I shouldn't say you can, I have. Yeah, so we've got really good processors. Do you think there's anything else that I miss when I say
1: those four traits
2: about, and then also talking about
1: personality. So I've talked about everything from risk tolerance to vision to resilience to work ethic, then to the personality traits of I really love to focus, you know, engineers, process, process, process. You know, salesperson, promotion, promotion, promotion. Uh, Accountant should be profitability,
2: profitability. You know, there's all those things. Is there anything I'm missing that
1: matters to be successful?
2: yeah i think it's an ability to kind of look at things without emotion or understanding what your emotions are like so I like so it. i like to you know i like we use this term a lot that i can look at math and take the emotion out of it you can't find many people that can do that so if you and i are doing a business deal you're gonna have emotion in the numbers and uh, i definitely don't have emotion in the numbers i just know that they're more factual i know what it takes to get it done um and so we try to make sure that our you know the other people we're dealing with understand that and so if you're going to really be successful at business you gotta be able to take the emotion out of it you know you can't look at somebody and go i don't want to do business with that guy you know and you got to check why don't i want to do business with that guy although eventually it is my
1: objective to not do business with certain, certain people, people definitely they deserve- but i want to i
2: want to look at that from a, Logical standpoint rather than an emotional standpoint. Yeah, so, right. I, you know. I
1: think that's the best. I, you're the first person I've had on in 120 episodes that talked about uh, taking the emotion out, and because it's very hard for people. It is. You yeah, know, it, it is. It's you're the one that started it. Yep. And and you're, and, and you're related to so and so, and then that's hard. Anything Esty that I missed? You know, in your fr- five years, you always got to look at the next generation coming up and saying, "What did I miss? Well, I just talked about a bunch of things. There their traits and uh, and and whatnot. Is there anything I missed? What do you see people when you're dealing with small businesses that seem successful that they do well? What's their thing? Not the the activity, the thing, the trait or the personality?
0: Well, especially in the insurance business, they're mostly just good relationship makers. So they can go out and build a relationship with the business owner or, you know, the uh, high value homeowner or even, you know, just a guy that owns his own mom and pop shop. They're really good at making them feel like they're the only ones that they're talking to too, at that point. And they make them feel like they care. And a lot of them do. They are emotionally invested in their business as well. They want them to succeed. So I think that that's What I've seen out of the guys that really do succeed, they care and they actually (laughs)
1: genuinely want to make sure that they're insured; it doesn't flop. Exactly. Imagine that—that'd be
0: novel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, speaking of relationships, I promised the listeners and the viewers that we're going to talk about working with your friends and your relatives. You're doing that a lot. Uh, you know, there's there's the people saying you shouldn't hire your family, but small businesses are usually family businesses, and then there's always that thing of bringing in the daughter, bringing in the son. You've done it, you've got a daughter-in-law in here, and you've got a daughter in here, and you got your friend, and you got your friend's kid in here. So, what's that like?
2: Yeah, I think the the good news there is is that we've got to know them before. Uh, the higher. So, uh, so before this just took place, these weren't automatics. There weren't anything in there that was promised to anybody. It was, I saw the traits, I saw the abilities that they had Mm -hmm. long before they became employees so same with SD same with Julie they have the skill set they have the ability to look at it and uh, and 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 they also care so though I was lucky from that standpoint that I got to got to understand that before it was a, a business
1: uh, you're hearing that dear listener what he just said was know the person's personality and tendencies and work ethic and weaknesses and strengths long before you plug them into a position that way the position you plug them into capitalizes on that
2: yeah and and it's less chance of failure yeah uh speaking of uh managing the
1: family and we'll talk about failure here in a little bit too what's it like working for your old man
0: um, well, I'm a little afraid to say anything, but great at this point, but
1: <laughs> it's important. <No. laughs> to, it's probably important to lay out. Here's the, peri- <laughs> yeah. here's the expectation. <laughs> right. Here's the expectation.
0: Yeah. He was really good about saying, Hey, we're going to give it that year. Like yep. I said before, yep. we're going to give it a year. Probationary period. Yep. If it doesn't work for you or it doesn't work for us, we're going to uh-huh. have that conversation. Uh-huh. So nothing's set in stone. I mean, uh-huh. this isn't like a, you're hired in and if you suck (laughs) you get to stay that wasn't it so so i got it so
1: the main thing is and then there was expectations i mean that's probably the clearest thing uh i you know rent i rent my land to my farm guy and uh we wouldn't have to have a a contract probably and i said we do this for a couple reasons so that when i get busy and at the end of the year i remember what you said you would do and you remember what the hell i said i would do and that way it's a piece of paper let's face it we've all been in contractual arrangements that then you had to sue over the situation i said but maybe the most important thing is that we both know what we agreed to and the expectation is this maybe that's it
0: yeah i would agree with that um we might be closer than a lot of (laughs) families out there too so we have dinner with each other i don't know three times a week and so through most of the di- those dinners, I know my mom and my husband. They joke about it. They're like, "There will be no business during drinking hours." Yeah, I like um, that. And but we can't help it. So we're constantly like evaluating the situation. You know, what can I do better? What can he do better? All you know, all of that kind of thing.
2: Kyle, where have you steered your ship wrong? Yeah, I I, I think probably when I started, the confidence level wasn't really there. So because of that maybe didn't take as many uh, risks as I should have taken I think we we watch that we talk about that in in the insurance business if you get decide to go out and start your own agency it's never too late but boy if you can do that 10 years sooner you got a 10-year jump on your retirement and uh, so if if you're sold on yourself take the risk uh if you're not then you might want to work for somebody else fill it out and then sooner or later make the plunger decide not so to. so you say that uh, you think a misstep for you was not starting
1: soon not going not going full bore on your own soon enough correct i like that all right which brings me to esty she's in her 20s late 20s do you think you should be on your own no are you afraid of being a small business owner
0: i'm not afraid of it um but i would be very weary of doing something on my own without someone else's guidance that i trusted <laughs> is, it because, is it
1: because so if if you you right now think that okay you're smart enough to know you've only got five years of professional uh work experience i mean really yeah right so and five years from now do you think your uh, tune changes
0: I think I'm closer to my tune changing. I don't know if you ever get to the point where you're like, hey, I'm I'm there. Like, I know it all. I've learned it all. I'm I'm ready to do it. But like he said, at some point, you have to pull the trigger
1: <laughs> as we always as I tell people when they always tell me about their idea. And if you're a listener, dear listener, you've heard this. Um when people say, I've got this great idea, i got this great idea, I say, that's cool, that's cool. Um, I say, that's fine, I'm excited for you, I like your idea. And I say, can you go a year without making any income? And they say, but my idea. And I said, can you go a year without making any income? And can you go a year with not only not making any income, you're gonna be, again, all in. Every nickel you have is gonna be in there. And that's the question I, and it's not being mean, I love people's ideas. I'm a creative person, hell, I was in comedy, and, and uh, I write stuff, so. What do you tell people that are budding, aspirational
2: uh, small business people? Yeah, we talk a little bit more about two years, maybe without any income, so because yeah, it's a, it's a, this is a, you know, in our business, it's it's more of a steadiness. If you, it, the people that I've seen succeed, it's it's simply because they've stuck to it, and so it's patience. You know, patience is another one of the Ps in business that you kind of have to take a look at. Uh, you need to force it. You know, but you still need to be patient on the results. Uh, uh, my my wife says I'm the most impatient person she knows. But about things that
1: I'm invested in, I can be very patient. Not patient at all because I want there to be results tomorrow. You've you've seen me golf. I've been golfing for less than a year, and I I, I, <laughs> I would
2: have to agree that that you're very impatient.
1: I'm very impatient. <laughs> you are where you should be golfing. Uh, yes, <laughs> I might be ahead of where I should yes, be. You but, are, yes, you are. Yeah. I, I look at things where I'm like, okay, but this is still building. This has still got some build to it. You go through enough of those things that it, it, you get through that. All right, Esty, what have you observed in your five years that you think is a good entrepreneurial habit that your old man has, something he does really well that you think might be the reason, and I'm not talking about traits anymore. I'm talking about an activity, an action, a step, a something that he does like on a daily basis, and you're like, by God, that is helping keep this business going.
0: <laughs> he looks at the numbers daily. <laughs> i'm I'm not Actimate kidding, numbers. we joke about this, yeah, but he is the numbers guy, and I've never seen anybody that can analyze or look at them and yeah. like totally make sense of them quicker and logically
1: <laughs> all right, so are you gonna become more of a numbers person because of that? Oh,
0: yeah, we're working on
1: it <laughs> right. because you understand you've got to, oh yeah, all right, uh, I said, missteps, uh, what do you think you got right?
2: Yeah, I think that was part of what I got right, is is being able to analyze a situation and see what what are we throwing the money at. And uh, we used to talk about ideas constantly. Well, who's going to run the idea? Who's going to actually perform? Who's going to go sell it? Who's going to do what? So those were the things that we always looked at. And when we talk about math, that is math to me. You know, those are all numbers. It's still numbers. It's not. You know, there's nothing that you can analyze and say. There's numbers at that, but it is numbers. It's who's going to do that? What are we going to have to pay them to do it? Are they willing to do it? Will they just tell us yes? We talk about that all the time. You have an employee, and you go, hey, I got this idea. Do you want to run it? Well, are they going to say no? No. They're going to say, boss asked me to go run this. Right. We still got to be able to There's look at There's still the question that. of whether
1: they're the right person for that yep. also. Which yep.
2: brings me to another thing. This is kind of rapid fire now, SD. I'm going to put your old man <laughs> on the spot here.
1: Okay. Um, all right. So I asked you about the what you see. All right. And if you, if you ever... Said, hey, you've been here for five years. What thing should I be doing that I am not? Because my wife will say she's learned a lot from watching me, and she's very respectful and proud of what we've accomplished, but she also will say you're not doing this or you need to do that.
0: Oh, gosh. Um, I honestly... You are putting me on the spot a little, but I can't really
1: come up All with you anything. Think about it,
2: and we'll come back. All right, I will. All right, I can answer it for her. But yeah,
1: <laughs> what do you think? The one thing you should be doing is that you're not doing.
2: Yeah, I think that after about you know 42 years of trying to convince somebody maybe to buy something, and they're not really certain that they want to do it or pull the trigger. You know, after 42 years of it, you kind of get to where I'm tired of that. Um, I'm still good at it, and I should go do it more. So that's the one thing that I need to I need to get out more and have these kind you of conversations. You think you should be
1: more of a salesperson because you've gotten to where, like all of us that have been selling, we think, our whole life, we were like, you know, I don't really care
2: if you buy this or not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I don't, I don't really care. Oh. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, and we are definitely to there.
0: So. Well, he always says he's tired of Selling something to somebody that they don't really want, right? So it's always been that conversation now. This is a whole different business. They just don't know that they want it Sure, yet. and
1: they also need it because we know, I mean, obviously yeah. you wouldn't be successful in expanding your employee base and doing all the things you're doing if it wasn't something that there was a need for in the marketplace. It's not like we're, you know, we're not bamboozling people for, you know. <laughs> no, inv- definitely not. In- invisible gamma rays or something. <laughs> so, all right, rapid fire. Watching your parents, you know, I can look back at being out there on that farm and I can tell you that my parents were uh, very uh, hardworking employee minded people not smart working business owner minded people and it's not a knock on them it's an observation i mean anybody that's been in business himself probably can do that when you look back at what you learned from watching your old man run uh his business what'd you learn
2: yeah i think the the and it's it was the slow process for me because i i agreed with the idea but it was the the debt issue dad had zero debt in his life he never Paid anything but cash for anything he ever did
1: and you think that's good or you think that that's I think a misuse that,
2: of capital I think at that particular time because of his skill set it was probably a misuse Yeah, yeah but it was he, he was comfortable and he was happy doing that But Which is good it probably yeah. helped him sleep at night. Yep. My parents were a
1: similar situation And had we maybe done things different financially there is smart use of debt obviously yep. to to build upon an empire or even create an empire by building on an asset and um, all right so i've asked you a lot of questions i was going to ask you about reading because you know you were going to tap my book since you've read my book
2: uh actually actually i you know and i will say this and it's not just because of a plug on your book but i love the way the book was w- was written i love the way it was also laid out from uh you know we're always looking you read a book and you're thinking where's the magic where's the magic you know my yeah. like first first how to do it book there's something magical out there right and uh so you kind of laid out the fact there isn't any magic in this. It's just this is the simple steps yeah. that you need to kind of use. So I love the book. Yeah. Um,
1: one of the uh, other things here on, uh, on when you're running your own business, um, you're a numbers guy. Does that mean that you set out and say we're going to have a goal for this much revenue by this month, next year, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I mean,
2: it's probably not to that point where we, we look at that type of a goal mm-hmm. because we look more at the things that need to happen to, to achieve okay. the goal. So then it's more about so we what, back into sales,
1: it. product, et cetera, Yeah, et
2: we back into it.
1: Mine are usually about revenue and then other things with that, but I understand. Um, formal business plan. I don't have one, but also I'm a little different. Uh, there are uh, needs for them, but I always say you need a formal business plan to borrow money. Do you need a formal business plan to make money? Do you have one? No. Have you ever had one? No. When you started out,
2: did you put a mission statement up on the wall? Because no. companies like to do that. When, no, I don't think, it, think we have any. There might be something in somebody's office here. When SDs in charges are yeah. going
1: to be a mission statement written in here, so it makes everybody <laughs> happy, happy, rah-rah.
0: Probably not,
1: <laughs> but there is a mission, but there is a mission every day at Underwriters Alliance, right?
2: Yeah, there definitely is. And the mission is to grow the business, probably. Well, actually, you know, I'll answer that. Yeah. So, so our mission is, is to deliver on what we say we're going to deliver and never budge from that. So yeah, if, if, I, you,
1: if you do that, a lot of businesses don't. It's really that simple sometimes.
2: You hired is. me to do X and I delivered. Yep. And you you know we talk about all our relationships you'll have trouble finding somebody that says they didn't do what they said they would do. And that's our goal. So All
1: right. I'm going to let her off the hook because she probably didn't come up with an answer on that other question <laughs> that I asked her about. So here's the last question. Five Five years in, what's the perspective? Give me some thought, piece of advice, tip, observation that a young young professional woman has observed about working for a small business because a lot of these listeners are saying, hey, man, I wish I had a 28-year-old that was working for me that was enthusiastic about growth and ownership, et cetera. What would you say?
0: Um, honestly, I would say not in regards to... You know the hiring this person right but no. i would say um what i've done i guess is i've made sure that i'm willing to learn from those that are around me. So I'm constantly wanting to do better. I never think that I know better. For the person
1: that's Kyle's age, that runs the company that has a 27 or eight year old working for them, um, is that something that they need to make sure that they're doing, saying we're gonna give you continual opportunities to improve upon your own personal capital?
0: I think giving them a little bit of creative leeway is good um kind of figuring out how they work best and to get the most out of them maybe some people work best from you know nine to five maybe some are better you know at night being creative i I think it's just learning you know the personality of the person would be my okay token advice i guess
1: (laughs) we're about to wrap up here dear listener by the way the sponsor for the show is Damian Mason reminding you that if you have a meeting because by God we're done with this whole COVID thing you want to have a meeting your company your association the association you belong to wants to have a meeting and so do you you want to go because business happens a lot over zoom calls and business can be a lot of different ways but let's face it sometimes you just got to get drunk at the Hotel Marriott uh, <laughs> bar and talk about business so if you're having a conference and you'd like to have a speaker that can talk about business or agriculture uh, reinvention and any of my favorite subjects give me a call look at DamienMason.com and go to my YouTube channel you can watch all of my videos hundreds and hundreds and hundreds almost thousands of videos on there okay Kyle Stoffel if I gave you four more hours per
2: week I plucked them out of the sky I gave them to you what do you do with those four hours yeah I think I'd spend those four hours probably trying to get in front of more prospects because you already golf enough. Yeah. You don't need four more <laughs> hours of golf. Go off. You no, don't need so. four more I already, already have those hours blocked off. so <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> good. And at age
1: 62, you should have. All right. Last bit of advice, tip, observation that you would give anybody besides the one that you gave, which is brilliant, you wish you'd have started sooner. Anything else you got
2: out of yeah, all your yeah, user I, experience? I, th- I think, you know, as we were chatting through, and I, I'd like to uh, say that, that that one strength is, as I I really don't want to control anything you know I want the people that we have to control their deals so I have no control freak in me and I think that's a benefit I think you know we, we talk about I don't need to change anything that you're doing because we can fix any mistake uh, but if you lie cheat, or steal it's hard to fix that one you yeah. know but if it's not that we can fix the mistake so we give a lot of leadway to our uh, staff and okay. I think that's that's a strength I think that that is a great
1: piece of advice right there. It's hard when you've built it and you've created it not to then just want to hold it like a, like like you've got a grip on that sucker, like I'm not going to let this go. And too much control, too much sort of uh, uh, tyrannical, uh, I'm going to make sure that I, I manipulate and control this. So I think that's probably a pretty good piece of advice.
2: Okay.
1: Her name's Estelin Heidi, former Estelin Stoffel. His name's Kyle Stoffel. It's Underwriters Alliance of Indiana. If you actually want to learn more about their business, they can go to... UAII.net. UAII.net. You can, if you're in the insurance business, I'm sure they can help you out. Or if you just want to learn something from these brilliant insurance entrepreneurs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. He's Kyle. She's Esti.
1: Until next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast. Thanks All for right. being here. Thanks, Damien.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you.